today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Let's talk about your money or what little money you may have left. According to a recent survey, 8 million Canadians are rethinking retirement plans and rethinking their finances due to COVID-19 and the impact that it's had on everybody's personal finances. Joining us to talk about uh, what's going on and the options that may be before us, uh, our good friend Doug Hoyes, who is with Hoyes Michaelson Associates. Doug, great to have you back on the program. How are you doing these days? Great, Bill. Thanks for having me. Let's talk a little bit about this, and, and it's probably one of these secrets that not a whole lot of folks want to share with others, but is, uh, if you're self-isolating or if you've lost your job, maybe you've been laid off over the last little while, uh, and we've seen the international impact and economic impact on what's going on, a lot of people are going to be impacted by this long after we find a vaccine and move back into this. This has been a crippling uh, financial uh, situation for an awful lot of people. Yeah, absolutely, and what's interesting to me is that there are actually two different segments of uh, society. You can kind of split it in two. So you've got the people who are being really crushed by this. I mean, if you worked at a, you know, a hair salon, a gym, anything that was client facing, a restaurant, then, you know, you've been laid off. You're gradually perhaps coming back to work a little bit. But even if you work in a restaurant, well, it's only outdoors, it's only limited seating, whatever, your income has not come back. So uh, people in those types of jobs have been very severely impacted. And yeah, okay, they were able to qualify for the CERB perhaps, but that probably wasn't enough, you know, certainly to replace their, their income in full. But then you've got another segment where things have actually worked out better because, hey, I'm now able to work from home, and you just had a report in the news about that, that I'm, I'm able to work from home, so I'm not, you know, driving into Toronto or driving downtown and paying for parking. Um, I'm not uh, paying for daycare. I'm not having to pay for lunch. I'm not going to restaurants. I've actually got a little bit more cash. So this is affecting, obviously, today, but it's also affecting our views of retirement. If you're one of those people whose income is cut back, it's like, well, I'm not going to be retiring anytime soon. I've got to build back up to where I was. But if things have gone well for you and you've just had three or four months where you kind of had a simulated retirement, a practice retirement, I was able to be home, and you know what? Maybe it didn't didn't work out too badly for me. I was just talking to a guy this morning who said to me, yeah, my boss just told me that uh, he's going to be retiring in a couple of months because he's actually quite enjoyed this slower pace, and he's an older guy. He's got a few bucks in the bank, so he's able to do it. So a very interesting split there. For some people, this will speed up retirement because they've got to practice it and it wasn't so bad for others it's like no it's the complete opposite it's certainly going to be delayed even after we get over the social isolation that that a lot of us are experiencing these days uh the workplace is going to be much different after this and probably for a long time after this maybe forever more i mean because we have learned uh, from a financial standpoint but also i think from a business standpoint doug that we can do things differently and i know that everybody said oh if you work from home there's going to be no productivity at all it's actually been the opposite in many cases and this is uh, to use that phrase again the new normal but i mean it's it's amazing how this is going to impact us Yeah, and again, there are two different sides to that coin, right? There are some people, some businesses that have been way more productive working from home. There are others where it's been much less productive. So 
um, you know, let's face it, if you're not in the office, you're probably not dragged into that meeting. You're not, you know, having as many chats by the coffee maker. You're not having as many people coming in to talk to you when you're trying to get your work done. So for many, in many aspects, it is more efficient uh, working from home. And obviously, you don't have to worry about the commute. And, you know, I can get up at five minutes to eight and still be at my desk at eight o'clock. So it's it's great. But there's a lot of advantages to being around people, too. Um, you know, the social interaction, it's a lot easier to collaborate with people when they're sitting right there. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, how, do, how would you handle that? So we're, we're still learning how it works. I think the first month or two, it was mass confusion for all of us as we're trying to get deployed at home. And now that, I mean, like today, the weather is beautiful out there. So this is the perfect day to be working from home. I can go outside and have lunch after I finish listening to your show, of course. And, of course. you know, it'll be, it'll, it'll be great, right? Um, if this was February, would we be having the same approach to it or would we be happier to be back in the office? I don't know. But you're right. Businesses are now having to learn how to use the technology, how to make it work from home. And I think you're, you're exactly right. It will be different going forward. It may be that some employees are deployed from home permanently. Maybe it will be some that are back in the office a couple of days a week. We're going to have to have physical distancing for a considerable period of time. So maybe by September or October, people are coming back to the office half the time. So you've got only half as many people in the building, that sort of thing, um, which, of course, you're right. We'll, we'll be feeling the impacts of this for uh, many months and years to come. Doug, for people that are, are having a rough time of it and have been impacted financially because of this, through job loss or any other, other variety of things, I guess, that could be happening here, how great is the temptation to maybe try to access some of the, the, the retirement and, and savings vehicles that maybe some of us have, have tried to put together over the last year, few years? I mean, that money's sitting there, and you're thinking, boy, I, I could use that now. Uh, it's it's got to be awfully tempting. I don't, and I understand that there's a financial side to that, too, and there are penalties involved in oftentimes like this. But, you know, desperate times in some people's minds call for desperate measures. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you have to do is, go through the thought process, not just about today, because yes, absolutely, I need that money today, I'm getting behind on my rent, my mortgage payment, whatever, you kind of have to game theory it out over the next you know, few months and years. So when will I likely be back to work? I mean, if you had asked me that question back in March, I would have said, I don't know, by April, I guess, it's not going to take that long. Well, here we are in August, and, and we're nowhere near back to normal yet. So how much longer am I going to be in a reduced income position? position and what therefore are the implications of uh, tapping into my retirement so you're right if i've got an rsp for example then yeah i can call up the bank or the whoever it's with and get the money out they will only take some taxes off when i withdraw it but that now goes into my income so next year when i have to pay taxes i probably get hit with a bigger tax bill and if this year i got the serb which was money the government gave to me with no taxes taken off, that's also going to increase my tax bill next year. So you have to be very careful that you're not getting money today and just creating a bigger problem for the future. So it's a balancing act. Maybe you take out some now because I desperately need it. 
Um, but you want to take out as little as possible. And I think everybody has already done the obvious things, which are talking to the, the mortgage company, the bank, about deferrals or whatever. And if we're back to work sooner, well, then it, it'll be less of an issue. But, yeah, it's, it's a very uh, difficult decision to make. So you really want to think it through. And if you've got a financial advisor, absolutely talk to them um, about the different strategies to minimize the negative impact on, uh, on your finances. That's a very valid point and, and one that maybe a lot of people wouldn't think of. I've got a neighbor up the street here who has uh, just recently crossed that 65-year-old threshold, so he's getting CPP, and he's saying, hey, this is great. He's, he's still working, but he's, you know, this is great added income. And I said, you understand that they don't tax that, but you do have to pay tax on it and, and be advised yeah. about that because you're right. I mean, that, that can really take a big bite out of you the next year. Oh, absolutely. The, one of the worst tax years is the year you retire. Because, you know, you worked for a few months of the year, you got your regular paycheck, taxes were being taken off it, then you flipped over to CPP, maybe OAS, maybe a company pension, maybe you started drawing on some of your other pensions with a lot less tax taken off. But you're still in a reasonably high tax bracket because you worked for part of the year. So, and you're used to, I've been an employee for 50 years, man, they always take taxes off. Nothing I have to worry about. Yeah, totally different uh, when you get into the re- the retirement world. And then when you throw in the CERB this year, that's yet another complication. So, again, the, the simple strategy there, if you want to figure out what your tax bill might look like next year, is take this, this year's tax return, the one you just filled out for 2019, and go plop in what you think the numbers will look like next year and see what your tax hit could potentially be. And if it's going to be something greater than what you expected, then if possible, now's the time you want to either be setting that money aside or actually sending it to CRA. You can send Revenue Canada money every week if you want. It's a direct payment right through your bank so that next April when you're filing your taxes, you're not hit with a big unexpected tax bill. I have never, ever heard of the CRA you know, turning down money. I mean, they, they, and, <laughs> they, they welcome it all the time. Right. They say, thanks so much for this. But by the way, there are winners in situations like this, too. And, and you've talked about the fact that working at home, uh, and, and another guy I know in town here in Hamilton that uh, actually commuted to Toronto all the time, well, he hasn't done that since March. Uh, and so he's got extra coin in his pocket, and he actually used some of that to pay down some of the debt that he's got. So it's, it's short-term, but it's also, I, I guess, some visionary thinking here to say, I'm going to re- release that debt low because eventually I'm going to have to get back to that, or he thinks he is anyway. But that's, it's, it's not free money, but it's extra money, and why not put it to good use? Yeah, absolutely. And if what you're doing is carrying a credit card where the interest rate is 19.9% or even a line of credit at, you know, 7 or 8% or whatever it is, if you've got the extra cash, then yeah, why not? Why not pay that debt down? Okay, the stock market's doing fantastic, but how many people are earning a 20% return after tax? which is the return you get by paying down that 20% credit card. So absolutely, that's uh, that's something you want to do if you uh, possibly can. Now, maybe in the future, the banks were, are going to say, yeah, you know what, we're going to start reducing people's credit limits. So even though you've got a $10,000 credit limit on that card, we're getting worried about the economy, we're going to lower it to 5000 So if you pay it down, don't expect that you may be able to draw on it again. That's just something to be aware of. But even saying that, if it was up to me and I had the choice, yes, I would always take the, the solution that lowers my debt level. That's, that's just good prudent sense and can save you a lot of money in the long run. 
I talked about my neighbor here who had just turned 65. I mean, there was a time, some of our younger listeners may not remember this, where that was retirement age. I mean, you had to quit at 65. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. You can work as long as, as both you and the employer think it's, it's in, mutually beneficial, and a lot of people are doing that these days. But I think everybody has a target in mind, don't they, Doug, about, well, okay, I'll, I'll work till I'm 70 or maybe I'll 72 or whatever the case might be. How impactful has COVID been on that? Like that, that target of 70 may not now all of a sudden be 74 or 75 because we're taking a financial hit here. Yep. And for some people, that, that number has gone up. Okay. I'm not retiring at 65. I guess I'm retiring at 70. But again, there's many countervailing factors here. So if you've got money in real estate, for example, well, maybe you've done pretty well over the last few years. If you've had money in the stock market, you did horribly in the month of March. But if, you know, you bought the five stocks that have been going up, uh, you know, Apple and Google and all those, or if you, you know, had all your money in gold or something, well, then, hey, it's been a great couple of months. So everybody's situation is different. Some people are feeling much more positive. Some people are feeling much more negative. So, um, again, I think whatever situation you're in, you want to look ahead to the future. Don't assume whatever's happened in the last couple of months is going to keep happening. So if your investment portfolio has gone way up the last couple of months, well, okay, remember what happened in March? It may not be going way up, you know, continually. So um, keeping as much of your powder dry as possible is always a good thing because having cash in the bank, cash in your pocket gives you the ultimate freedom, the ultimate flexibility to decide when you're actually uh, pulling the trigger on retirement. And I go back to the th- point you just raised about the debt. By lowering your debt now, it makes it a lot easier to retire. When you retire, you want to retire with no debt. You don't want to be having to pay interest on a credit card when you're on a pension that's lower than what your paycheck is. So that's a big element to it, too. It's not just what your savings are doing, but can I get my debt level eliminated? That makes it a lot easier to retire sooner. There are businesses that are not going to reopen. We know that. They've been closed too long, and, and you know, so the, the restrictions that are put in place here. I mean, a couple of restaurants that I used to go to a lot, I've just seen for lease signs up there, which means that they've, they've just said, the heck with it, you know, we're not going to be able to do this anymore. On a personal level, there are people that are in that circumstance, too, that say it's time to throw in the towel uh, because of, of what's going on, and that this is a too deep a hole for me to get out of. Uh, which I guess is as good a time as any to sit down with people like you at Hoyes Michaelis and talk about restructuring and, and, and plan A, plan B, or plan C, or whatever. There are options that many of us probably are not aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And I've talked to a lot of people in the restaurant industry over the last few months, and some of them are now gradually getting back to work, and so we're, we're figuring what the plan is. For some people, it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not reopening that restaurant again. It's I'm, I'm too far behind. I can't do it. So, okay, the, the first question I ask then is, what's the future look like? Are you going to reinvent yourself? Are you going back to school? Are you going to uh, go into a different industry? What are you going to do? What do you think the income situation is like for that uh, particular thing that you're going to do? And then we can work backwards and say, okay, are you going to generate enough money to be able to service your debt? And if the answer is, yeah, no, I'm not going to be able to, then you're right. That's when we start talking about the the options and so for people who are able to resume a new career a new job and have some money coming in then what we're doing now is consumer proposals and consumer proposals um, the the government just released the numbers this morning for what the month of June looked like and uh, consumer insolvencies which includes both bankruptcies and consumer proposals were down by about a third in June as compared to the the prior year 
Um, bankruptcies were down by 46%. Consumer proposals were only down by 28%. And that's because the people who are filing an insolvency now are the people who are still working, who still have some income coming in. They want to make a deal with the people they owe money to. That's what a consumer proposal is. So that's always an option we want to look at because, hey, maybe you don't have to go bankrupt, but you can't pay your debts in full. Let's see if we can work out a deal with the people you owe money to and you can live to fight another day. And the, the creditors, the banks at the moment are being fairly reasonable about allowing people to, to make a deal to get out of the debt. So absolutely, we're always happy to talk to people about that and uh, show them what the options are. Well, there's an option. I hope people that are in that circumstance uh, take you up on that. Uh, always uh, informative, Doug. Thanks so much again for the time today. Stay well, and we'll talk again soon. You too. Great to talk to you, Bill. Thanks. Take care. Doug Hoyes, of course, from Hoyes, Michaelis & Associates. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.